peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good you're anything like I am, sometime you read your Bible and you see certain things and it just generates more questions, things that you didn't pay attention to or questions that you just never thought to ask. Today that happened to me as I was reading through the book of Proverbs and it made me jump around to some different places, looked at some references, read some verses. So I'm just going to share with you some of my thoughts. Again, as I always say, these videos, I am not I am not a scholar. I am not a Bible teacher by any stretch of the imagination. I am just sharing my thoughts through my Bible studies with the world. So you're joining me as I go through these studies and that's pretty much what this is. So I just I always like to make that known. So no one gets the impression that I think I'm some kind of know-it-all and I know everything. Some of the things I discuss, I don't even really have conclusions for right away or just yet. There are things that I'm thinking. And again, you're joining me on that journey. So today, join me. I'm going to start in the book of Acts chapter 9. Let's get to this. And Saul, yet breathing out threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way whether they were men or women he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round, round about him a light from heaven and fell to earth and he fell to earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas 
for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered the Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And there hath and there he hath already from the chief priests, uh, and there and here he hath authority, sorry, from the chief priests to bind all that call upon thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, uh, as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which uh, were at Damascus, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. After that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their laying awake was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the disciples to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken of him, spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was then coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then, uh, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria 
and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Now, something was said in verse 31 that, again, sometimes my questions have questions. It's just how my brain works. So it, it, it might be something, you know, some people wouldn't pay attention to. It might be something that um, some people might just blow past. But I seriously thought about it. So um, in the latter part of verse 31, it says, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Now, my thought is, why did it say walking in the fear of the Lord? Why didn't it say walking in the love of the Lord? Thought about that, right? The two greatest commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. So I was like, huh. A lot of times in our human understanding, I know me, I, I think about how I would do something. Now, I'm not God. And I went over this the other day. I'm not God and nor do I understand as God. God's ways are much higher and better than my ways. That is a fact. The Bible says what it says, and it's for a reason. So I began thinking about that. And I was like, huh. In the book of Ephesians, let me go there. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the love of God. No, nah, that's not what it says. It says submitting yourselves one to an, uh, one to another in the fear of God. So I was like, huh, why did it say in the fear of God and not the love of God? Oftentimes, this is what happens with with people. We get what's called uh, tunnel vision. We focus singularly on one issue instead of focusing on the whole. I think it's just, I don't know why we're exactly that way, why we do it. We, we also see this in people's, I guess, um, uh, personalities, character traits, right? So we know many people, uh, we all have our different character traits, right? Like some people are genuinely happy people right? More happy than not. Some people might look at them and say, you're too happy. Some people are angry a lot, angry all the time. Seems like that they're never um, uh, happy. And that is their overwhelming quality. God is complete in all. God is complete in mercy, grace, wrath, love, complete in all things. That is not us. And sometimes I think we look at situations in that same way. So, again, like I said, I got the juices flowing. I'm thinking about this like, man, why is this said this way? In the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, let me get there. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6. The Bible says, by mercy and truth, 
or yeah, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The book of Ecclesiastes, those who listen to my videos, you know, I go, I go to a lot of these same verses very often. And a lot of times when I'm thinking through subjects, for some reason, I keep coming back to these verses. My mind, there's certain verses I'm really familiar with. And so when I'm going through my Bible, I often come back to them. Thoughts track back to these verses and sometimes other verses. But anyway, if you know anything about the book of Ecclesiastes, many things are said in the book of Ecclesiastes concerning life. And every time another topic comes up, it, it goes over the fact that this is vanity. That is vanity. This is vanity. That's vanity. Verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Think about that. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Why did it not say love God and keep his commandments? The Lord Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's no contradiction in the Bible. All of these verses run consistent. The key is trying to understand why this is worded this way. That's always the key. So in the book of Proverbs chapter eight, this is actually where this thought actually started. So I'm I'm kind of moving backwards, but when I was going through all of this, my thoughts actually work better in this way. So in the book of Proverbs chapter eight and verse 13, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate that word hate means a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of uh, impending danger, anxiety, solicitude, reverence, respect, due regard. And I think sometimes because we have certain perceptions and understandings of different concepts and different words, we sometimes miss what's going on in the Bible or miss what the Bible is saying. Fear doesn't just carry with it the, the I guess, the common thought we have, like uh, something that you're necessarily afraid of or terrified of. Now, now let's be clear. We're talking about the holy God of heaven and earth. Anyone with a working brain would understand that a proper fear for the, the holy God, the creator of heaven and earth and everything that exists. Yeah, it's, it's, it's proper and just to have a proper fear, but not, not a fear. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. It's like, it, it I understand this, but sometimes understanding something and wording things are two whole separate things in and of themselves. But the fear of the Lord carries with it reverence. That reverence causes action. 
And I think sometimes we focus on love, which is great. It's biblical. But I think loving God and the fear of the Lord run synonymous. And I think that's one reason why you get some who believe, yeah, I love God, but they do and live however they want. That that doesn't make sense. When you look at that, it's like, ah, ah does that really make sense? And it made me think about, so I, I try, I try sometimes to bring things down to a, a earthly example so I can understand. And I thought I've, I, I love my mom. I love my mom. I didn't always fear my mom like I should have. And I thought about that. I thought about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. If you have that without a proper reverence, would that, would that carry you out to what the Lord Jesus Christ said? If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, again, I will say again, these are my thoughts on this issue on this day. It's not necessarily completely flushed out, but I do believe reading these verses, understanding that the Bible is consistent. The Bible does not contradict itself at all. I do believe a person who does love God truly also has that proper reverence. And it's funny in, in that verse in the book of Proverbs, it dealt with internal and external pride, arrogancy, the evil way and the forward mouth. It dealt with what was going on inside and what you do and what you say. And I believe if you have a proper reverence, respect for God, that is coupled with loving God, these actions, proper biblical actions are borne out. And I think sometimes people laser focus in on loving God, which you should, but you have to remember that the, that the Bible is a complete book. And here's what's, here's what's crazy, crazy in a good way, not crazy, like insane. So as I was, you know, looking through all of this today, I just did a cursory look, looked up the word or the phrase fear of the Lord through the Bible. And it is mentioned a lot, a lot more than I even realized a lot more which led me to believe that, hey, this is a lot more important and, des and deserves a lot more focus than we lend to it. There's many walking around who say they love God that have no reverence, no proper reverence for God. How do you know that? Well, Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way which covers everything anti-biblical, anti-God, and the forward mouth, do I hate? Do we have a proper reverence for the holy God of heaven and earth? As we should. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.